0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at the state of the world and the markets and the economies of the markets and the world We're through the eyes of Annabelle Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabel, I saw your oil note this morning and I just thought, well, you know, I'm looking at the oil price. It's $105 a barrel for Brent crude oil. $105. Two years ago, almost to the day, it was 15 for goodness
1: sake. And, uh, it's quite fantastic, but I think that you know, we really are finding ourselves in a situation where tensions have escalated in Europe much quicker than expected. And I think, you know, the invasion of Russia into Ukraine today has actually caused concern. I think initially we found ourselves in a position where Certainly from a United Nations peacekeeping perspective, many countries have thought the progression would be slower. And I think there's been a shock in financial markets and there's been a quick recalibration. It's really come through in the oil price. You know, Lindsay, I think it's no coincidence that we're in the middle of the northern hemisphere winter at the deepest point. And this is the period that Russia has now chosen to go attack Ukraine.
0: Yes. Uh, I've spoken to many people about this matter, this geopolitical matter, Annabel, and people say, well, in isolation, it might have been manageable because if you look back at history, markets initially react with a knee jerk and then they recover. But with the backdrop of inflation and uh, interest rates rising, this may be a little bit more sinister for financial markets
1: quite right and remember also as well commodity prices in general have been through quite a substantial boom and we see it in particular in um, futures prices you know there's a lot of pressure there particularly futures contracts for immediate delivery and of course today we've seen some softening there in commodity price but of course not in precious metals precious metals have seen their prices go up quite significantly as you would expect from safe haven inflows
0: What do you think about the impact on South Africa? On the one hand, inflation is going to go up because of uh, rising commodity prices. On the other hand, rising commodity prices are good for South Africa and therefore the RAND, especially after yesterday's budget and um, a couple of other stability factors, which is not a word you normally associate with South Africa. Do you think that all in all, it might actually be that South Africa is more of a safe haven than other emerging markets?
1: I think there's definitely that from a financial market perspective if you look at portfolio flows. But I still have grave concerns over the oil price, Lindsay. I think it could go substantially higher because, recall, South Africa chooses to import its oil instead of extracting and using its own oil here. Yeah? <laughs> and then we also found ourselves in a situation where commodity prices could actually collapse globally if the, if the threat of war intensifies. And, of course, it becomes a multi-country effort. So that is a risk for us. But at the same time, oil prices will probably remain high and elevate further because Russia is one of the key um, exporters of oil, and already the oil market was particularly tight before we went into this conflict.
0: Yes. Annabelle, a quick word on yesterday's budget. How did you receive it?
1: Well, I thought it was a particularly good budget, but that said, it's also temporarily a good budget. (laughs) And, of course, what we mean by that is the fact that we have had this commodity price boom, which may or may not be coming to a swift end now, depending on how deep and difficult this um, Eastern European war basically turns out to be. But I think, you know, we did see um, some very good figures come out. And, you know, from that perspective, the drop in the uh, projected debt peak to 75 percent is actually very cheering. I think if you recall, Lindsay it was was this a not even two years ago when we saw the twenty twenty MTBPS put out an eighty five percent peak for debt. And as you know, you know, including the uh, guarantees that government holds over SOE debt, these contingent liabilities push South Africa's total country debt over 100%, and of course that's what the credit rating agencies rank us on, over 100% total debt peak. So the fact that it's dropped down to 75% is positive, but Lindsay, it's still nowhere near the 60% range that we were in for South Africa's debt projections before the pandemic. So I do find the budget has been making a significant effort towards fiscal consolidation, but I don't think it's going to result in any type of credit rating upgrade. You know, where we are sitting now at a 70% debt um, ratio to GDP, we are, as I said, likely to move to a 75% peak and then drop back down to 70% in the latest projections by 2029-30. That really implies that our credit ratings we have at the moment are actually suitable For this period if not perhaps slightly leaning towards a small downgrade but probably not there'd be a little point in downgrading moving us back again so i would say overall the budget is credit neutral from a ratings perspective but it does have the positive impact of reduced borrowings and of course by lowering the borrowing requirement that is positive for the bond market i'd say overall that we find ourselves in a position where we've actually seen the tensions in eastern europe overshadow any positive impact there could have been on the red from our budget
0: yes I think the rand actually has behaved beautifully at uh, 15.28 at the moment against the US dollar. I think it's it's done very well compared to its emerging market peers. Just final question, Annabel, before you get on your aeroplane. Are you fearful? Somebody said to me yesterday, this time it might be different. Do you think it might be different this time, given the behaviour of of Putin over the last, not just couple of days, but few months, actually?
1: Well, you know, I think the thing about Vladimir Putin and Russia in general is that they battle to back down. And of course, they've wanted... The Ukraine back in the fold, and in fact, actually view it as part of the fold. I think, um, you know, similarly to China with Taiwan, and you know, as, as we were saying earlier, you know, attacking Ukraine in the middle of the, win- the middle of winter, um, putting enormous pressure on it, and going in really hard and fast, does indicate that they are. Um, not likely to take a soft approach in this conflict. But what I would say to you is what I find quite interesting is, as you would expect, Ukraine has suspended all civil flights because of safety measures. We know yes. that Russia has has gone into the ports. It's which marched troops across. It's attacking by air. Electricity has been cut off. The country's under martial law. There's explosions in the city. There's utter pandemonium and chaos. And I think, you know, in that environment, you know, it's it's, it's, it's been a very quick escalation conflict. But something I would look at is that Russia's actually closed its domestic um, airports. Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. Russia's actually closed its airports along the Ukraine border for um, flights until the 2nd of March. Now, that seems to indicate that perhaps they were thinking that this conflict might be over before the 2nd of March. Obviously, if not, they'll extend that um, cutoff. But the point really is that if they're going really hard and fast, and it doesn't look as though anyone in Europe or any other countries around the world are coming to Ukraine's um, rescue, in particular, other than through the UN peacekeeping force and NATO. So, from that perspective, the, the United States, Germany, the UK—they've all been evincing their sadness and disapprovement, their disdain. I think one of them, one, one one of the ministers said, and you know that they're going to institute very severe sanctions. But that hasn't actually escalated into a multi-country war. So, if this persists and Russia presses Ukraine very hard, Ukraine might end up capitulating.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. The airport story may be just because they want to use the airport for bringing in their own military aircraft uh, because they don't have military bases there or something like that. Maybe they need extra capacity. Who knows? Uh, but Annabelle, nobody knows, but it's a fascinating time. Thank you very much for your time. Annabelle Bishop is the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position